From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh yes, Mr. Rob Roop, thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike, it's Mike Davidson lives. Thanks for downloading this latest podcast. Is uh, I'm doing vacation week, and I've been, eh, I wouldn't say too lazy, but lazy enough, but I'm still trying to keep uh, the habit going when it comes to podcasting. Because, I mean, if you're taking the time to download and listen, I might as well take some time to talk to you for a little bit. And I think I, I think I can manage doing that. Especially since I don't have to leave the house as much. Today here in Northeast Indiana, no thank you. Wind gusts up to about 40, some places I think 50 miles an hour, and it was uh, below 30. Not like 30 below, but like it was 30 degrees and under all damn day. So, yeah, uh, things could be a lot worse. I uh, get to some of the lazy things I've been doing this week and uh, you know, just some uh, random thoughts I've had about other things as well here in just a few moments. Quick uh, RIP. Uh, this just announced earlier today. Christine McVie, songwriter, keyboardist, singer for Fleetwood Mac, dead at the age of 79. And that's a huge loss. Huge loss because I was a big band back in the 70s. Uh, she was a, a writer for songs like uh, You Make Loving Fun, Don't Stop, Off of Rumors, their big album. Other songs include Songbird, Over My Head, Say You Love Me, Hold Me, Little Lies. Uh, all those songs charted, everybody knows them. And uh, getting tributes from her former bandmates and uh, all sorts of people that she influenced. Just Yeah, that, that, that's um, something I hit upon last year um, when we were losing guys like Dusty Hill and Charlie Watt, it's like when you lose rock stars like this, it's it's a big hit to that genre because I, you don't have many big names coming up like there once was. And I, you know, Christine McVie, I, I don't know if you would say she's a big name, but she was a big influence in a big band. I mean, if if you uh, were to tell me who was the Led Zeppelin of the Light Rock set, it would be Fleetwood Mac. Uh, that band was huge and had some great songs. Um, but, I mean, 40, 50 years from now, I mean, what? Who, Chad Kruger from Nickelback might be the big one. I don't think in Machine Gun Kelly, when he passes, is going to be considered a giant amongst uh, the rock genre. But uh, Christine McVie, uh, true talent, will be missed. And our condolences to her family and all her friends. Just, wow. All right, uh, so I'm going to stay in a little bit. In the realm of music, before I get into my personal he- uh, life here, because uh, earlier this week, Monday, uh, Lux Eterna uh, had dropped the new single from Metallica from their upcoming album, 72 Seasons, uh, because uh, I, I think it's, uh, what, what was the thinking behind this, 72 divided by 4, like, like um, I think it's something to do with the 18, like, uh, up until... They were like 18 years old or something. I don't know. Basically, that album drops in April, and then there's going to be a massive world tour. So, I mean, it goes with what I've been saying about, like, these older bands. You know, the only reason why they put out new material is so they have an excuse to tour. And you can hear the the old classic stuff. And Metallica is one of those bands. But, yeah, I, I gotta say, I, I do like this single, even though the, the name of it's a little pretentious. Um does have a motorhead feel to it if you get a chance uh, you know stream it somewhere listen to it on youtube uh but it kind of has the vibe of uh, what would uh, any of the songs off of saint anger sound like if they were properly produced 
and uh, that uh, that's the best way I can summarize it. But uh, I, I'm making mention of, of this now because tickets go on sale this Friday, and of course, you know, Ticketmaster Live Nation's involved. And I'm wondering if we're going to get some Swifty action on this. Like, you know how um, diehard Swifty fans are and how obnoxious they can be and how you're hearing their sob stories about uh, trying to purchase tickets uh, and uh, getting overcharged. Um, I, I, could, I could see this happening with some Metallica fans and if there will be a backlash. And knowing Metallica fans, there will be a backlash. In fact, I was just uh, reading briefly before I started this up about how uh, some of these ticket packages for their world tour coming up in 2023-2024 uh, some of these packages are going as high as $7,000 and this is not uh, the bots on the Twitter buying these tickets and reselling them at uh, outrageous prices this is the non-outrageous price $7,000 <laughs> Yeah, for for that experience, uh, for the price of uh, a used car, you too can experience Metallica like no one else has. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. All right, so uh, some personal stuff from uh, from uh, this past week. Still working on the vacation week. Um, uh, yesterday, went to my daughter's school. Went on a dragon hunt. Uh, basically, her her class and another class went into the gymnasium to find a dragon they had their shields and they you know traversed across you know an ocean a, uh, some quicksand made of uh, brown construction paper and um, bubble wrap yeah and I had to cross it you know a couple times just to make sure it was safe and yeah uh, there was a jungle with plush animals there was a mountain with gym mats and then they found the dragon and a baby dragon and it was a plush one and they were all happy Lana was excited. I got to eat lunch with her, and I got to help with some classroom activities. But, you know, the one thing I noticed, um, her, her teacher, Mrs. O, I mean, she seems like a very fun lady, but, I mean, you know, she's got her boundaries, and you have to have boundaries when you're a teacher because kids will run all over you. And some of the kids in the class were acting up, and she would tell them, you know, okay, you have to go sit down now. You have to, you know, stop doing this or there will be consequences. You know, she was like, like kind of... Not in a mean way, but just kind of laying down the law. She did not do that with Lana. Lana, believe it or not, and this was kind of a shock to me, Lana was very well behaved. Like, she's a good student. And it's not to say she's a bad kid when she gets home, but you know how it is when you've got kids and they have their moments where they're not their, uh, their best. Lana was on point this entire time I was there, and it kind of floored me. It's like, how... I, I need to figure out what what sort of uh, chi Mrs. O's got going here because I, me and the wife need to apply this to her, her sister, and her brother. It's just it's weird seeing your kids behave for somebody else and they're just not doing the same thing for you. So there's that. Uh, watch the Colts Monday Night Football. They were bad. They lost to a bad Steelers team. They still have trouble with offense. Uh, everybody's making a big deal about the Jeff Saturday uh, clock management at the end of the game. Me, not so much, uh, because it is what it is. I hate saying that, but, I mean, you know, Jim they wanted to hire somebody with no experience, and he got what he paid for, and fans are paying for that, too. But um, uh, Haywood sent me this link. I think it's from Sports Troll. There's a replay, and I remember this uh, interception as it happened. It was the first one that uh, Matt Ryan threw at the beginning of the game. It was the Michael Pittman, and it got picked off. It was in the middle of traffic. I didn't realize how bad it was until I saw the replay again. And Pittman should have been called for offensive pass interference because he was pushing off on one guy to make this work. And he's in the middle of a bunch of players trying to you know, get to this ball. 
He's pushing off on one guy, and the other guy steps in front of Pittman to pick it off, and it's a low pass. And it kind of just demonstrates how bad this team is. Yeah, you, you can glom on to the, the bad clock management of Jeff Saturday, but that, there's something else to this. Um, and, uh, yeah, if, if some people aren't fired by the end of the season, uh, then it's just going to be a repeat. So there's that. Uh, say Dave Grohl, start reading that book. Uh, I, and remind me to talk more about this later because it's kind of got this Gene Shepard short story vibe to it. And this is a book he wrote a couple years back, uh, Storyteller, and uh, finding it pretty entertaining. Uh, let's see. Okay. Wakanda Forever, me and the wife, finally went and saw this tonight. Uh, and uh, there are some great scenes in this movie that do pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Great actor, fine talent, hardworking guy, um, but the the middle part of the movie, the Wakanda versus the uh, the Atlantis people, uh, and it's not Atlantis; it's like a Toluca Lake. I don't know the 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 Tacona, Tacola. It's it's an underwater city, but Namor and his people are pissed at Wakanda. They're fighting back there's a lot of animosity and then they stop fighting there's there's not a whole lot to go on here and it just there's a part of me that wishes that there was a better movie in between some of these great scenes that pay homage to Chadwick Boseman and that's the other thing too is like his his presence it's missed and it's already kind of a heavy vibe to this movie anyway and something else happens in the middle of the movie that makes it even heavier and then there's a dark scene that happens in this movie that makes it kind of heavier and she's like how, how much heavier can you make this movie um so i don't know i'm, I'm still kind of digesting this um but uh, like i said chedwick's missed greatly in this movie and i guess people are missing uh, going to movies and enjoying them in general uh and top gun maverick i don't think i don't think anybody's had a better time in a movie theater this past year than tom cruise has um, because this thing's racked up a bunch of money, very little CGI, none of the political correctness crap that a lot of people are kind of, you know, shying away from. It's just, it's just good entertainment, right? Well, uh, it's coming back to theaters this weekend, and it begins another two-week run. And I, I'm telling you, I, I don't know how it's going to perform ultimately, but I think it could make, given the box office numbers of other films this past November... I think it'll easily land in the top five again. <laughs> top three, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, just when you see uh, Disney struggling with Strange Worlds and all this other stuff, it's, it's very easy for Top Gun Maverick to make a run. And I'm surprised they didn't try releasing this movie in theaters a little earlier. Uh, it's coming out in February. Cocaine Bear which is based on true events. And the true event is uh, some cocaine fell off a plane, I think in Appalachia. Bear ate the cocaine and died. Well, they've made it into a horror comedy. It's directed by Elizabeth Banks. Uh, she stars in this too, featuring the late uh, Ray Liotta. And to go from uh, Goodfellas to Cocaine Bear, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a career right there. Um, but this, this definitely has kind of a snakes on the plane type of vibe where it's really corny it's too stupid to believe it's true and i'm thinking people are going to be like yeah i'm, I'm gonna go see it and then it ends up bombing uh kind of like snakes on the plane 
Although I did enjoy it for what it was, Snakes on a Plane. I knew it was not going to be great. And uh, it lived down to expectation. But to me, if, I, if I'm going to go see a, a movie called Cocaine Bear. Alright. It has to end with the damn bear dying in a hot tub full of hookers. Because otherwise, what's the friggin' point? You gotta make this thing as decadent as possible. That's what they did with Scarface crying out loud. And I would I would believe a bear dying in a hot tub full of hookers more so than Al Pacino falling face first to a mountain cocaine waking up and it's all gone. Seriously, uh, that one sounds a little more far-fetched than the cocaine bear. But again, this is based off of true events. <laughs> And which means it's just like, okay, we took a news story and turned it into a horror movie. And yeah, it's going to be ridiculously stupid. Alright, uh, this is kind of a weird thing. Because it's the woke crowd re re pretty much agreeing with me on something I've been saying for a while. And I, it's a kind of, sort of story here. Because I have to correct the perception. And what I mean is that uh, last night on CBS... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer aired. And it's a classic. I DVR'd it. I watch it every year if I can. Kind of reminds me of my childhood and uh, all that fun stuff. But uh, one thing I have noticed each time I've watched it, it seems very out of character for the guy. Santa Claus is a complete asshole in this thing. I mean, he is an absolute jerk. Uh, he doesn't want to eat his wife's cooking. He... Uh, bashes the elves for their stupid song even though I kind of agree because you know Christmas music can be grating uh, and he chides uh, you know Rudolph for having a red nose and uh, wants him to have no part of his slate team like he is an absolute dick in this in this special you know the ambassador of uh, uh, peace on earth goodwill toward man ho 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 um, you know what do you want uh, this guy's the guy that's keeping uh, the, the naughty or nice lists and he's just being pretty naughty. And, uh, you know, all these people on Twitter are finally realizing it. But they're, they're saying that he's ableist. And I guess he's, uh, you know, making, uh, you know, he's just being mean to somebody with a perceived handicap. That being Rudolph. Uh, but that's not really a handicap that ends up helping him in the end. You know, he's he exploits the nose. Okay. If it was a handicap, he would have no need for Rudolph. So that's where we kind of part ways on this thing. But, uh just an absolute jerk in this show uh santa claus um but you know and that the more i was thinking about this it's also very stupid that everybody on this show has a problem with rudolph's red nose because when you when you're watching it you have uh, uh singing snowmen you have carnivorous uh yetis you have an island of talking toys ruled by a lion with wings living in the arctic and it's the deer with the red nose that freaks everybody out if anything uh if there's any real freak in this show it's the it's the 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 gay elf who wants to be a dentist because he wants to hold down a you know an attainable reasonable job right uh it, it he he seems like he has a more realistic goal than everybody else uh, but, but no, it's the deer with the red nose that's throwing everybody off. So I, I don't know. Um, but I don't I don't go in for the ablest thing. I'm just going in for the okay. Santa Claus is a dick. I've been saying this for years. 
uh, let's move on. All right, so going from that to this uh, bizarre story, and I guess this has been going on for a month, but it's only kind of picked up uh, steam here in the last couple of days. But uh, Balenciaga, Balenciaga, I don't know. It's a it's a fashion outlet, and uh, they're in hot water so much so that they're suing their marketing campaign, uh, their marketing company, for millions of dollars. Um, and uh, some of the commercials or uh, photo shoots are pretty controversial uh, because they don't just border on it. They're basically they're basically doing uh, crossing the Rubicon on the whole pedophilia thing. Uh, one has a bunch of kids holding teddy bears in S&M bondage gear. Like, like the teddy bears are in S&M bondage gear, not the kids. Not yet. Yeah. And then there's another one where uh, there's like news clippings about making uh, underage sex legal or something like that. They, they, they showed the bondage bear one. They didn't show that one. Uh, but a lot of outrage about this, and the company is all like, "Well, we didn't know," and uh, you know they're they're suing their marketing company for this stuff, which is a lot of shit. And I'll, and I'll and I'll delve into this here um, with with some real world experience in advertising here in just a few seconds. Uh, but uh, you know, fans are outraged at uh, you know celebrities involved with this company, like uh, uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, Kim Kardashian aren't speaking out sooner uh, and again it's a Balenciaga and if I'm mispronouncing it I don't care they're a bunch of douchebags uh, but Kim I, and I saw this announcement earlier this evening Kim Kardashian saying hey the reason I didn't that you know come out in the last couple of days is like I'm angry and I'm trying to focus all this stuff yes yeah, it's, it's press it's uh, press speaks it's press release jargon that I can't stand but basically she's uh, taking the time according to this press release uh, to talk to the company asking, well, how can we have this happen and uh, we need to do something to make this better. And it's just like, she's she's only releasing this because she wants to know how much money she'd lose if she'd actually, you know, quote unquote, take a stand and dump them. That's that's what that is. That's all that is. Um, but going back to what I was saying, um, when I was in radio and I would have to cut a commercial you know, there's a simple process with this stuff. And keep in mind, this is not high-end stuff. And uh, the advertising budgets in radio are a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what... Uh, a very small fraction of what a big-time uh, fashion house would have to pay in terms of marketing, right? Uh, but basically, a client uh, gives talking points to a salesperson. Salesperson fancies themselves a copywriter and tries to write a decent commercial oftentimes failing and I would have to go in and you know sometimes edit a commercial just to make it not necessarily change up the message but just the sentence structure just to make things happen and a lot of times these are rip and reads just you know you you read a commercial you record it um, you know you put music behind it you send it to the the account exec who sends it to the client and the client has final approval saying hey I like this or change up the music or can we add a sound effect but basically, even with as little money as a, a, a Midwestern business would have to pay to get on radio, they would have final say over their commercial, right? Yeah. So, with that said, with that said, 
you have this fashion house spending millions, millions of dollars and not knowing what's going on until it comes out. And given, uh, given the material that's being used in these, uh, in these ads, it, it reeks of bullshit. They knew. They knew damn well that uh, this stuff was bordering Rubicon crossing in terms of, uh, you know, bad taste. And that this is a, a bad look for them. And they're using this excuse to basically just say, oh, well, we didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't know. Well, you did know. You knew. And I, I, would, I would hate to say this out loud, but I'm going to say it out loud. They're not the only company in that line of business that thinks like that. And they're probably not the only line of business that has companies think like that. And they will continue to push these boundaries. So uh, to the uh, Kim Kardashians and uh, the uh, Nicole Kidmans that are dragging their feet on this sort of thing, saying, well, we, did, we need to reevaluate the relationship. What, what's there to reevaluate? There's nothing to reevaluate. You know what I mean? Just drop them. If you lose money, you lose money. You'll make money. Hell, Kim Kardashian's worth of what? One point eight billion with a B, goddamn dollars. I think she can afford to move on from this place. Okay, uh, Nicole Kidman. I don't think she's gonna have any trouble finding work, even in her fifties. She's somewhat of a well-respected actress. I. You don't need these fashion houses, and you would build up a better rapport with your fans if you did drop these assholes. Yeah, take the stand now. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't try to normalize what they did. Just do it. <sighs> All right. So uh, that's you know, and, and it's that that's probably the one thing that I am cancel culture on is uh, you know when kids uh, are exploited like that. Uh, maybe because I'm more of a father now, and I've got three kids to look after my own on, on my own. But it's just there, there has to be some lines you don't cross, and that's one of them. But I, but I would say that here in America we're pretty freaking spoiled. Um, like uh, the World Cup, uh, congratulations to the American team. I guess they're in the uh, uh, the final 16 of this year's World Cup. They beat Iran uh, one nothing. But man, I, I feel bad for the Iranian players, man, because um, you know they they got some shit going on in their country right now, and there's a lot of protests, and uh, there are a lot of people that are not fans of the Iranian government, right? Well, uh, yeah, they I guess didn't uh, sing or honor their national anthem because of the things going on over there, and I guess some of the players are saying that when they get home, they're probably going to be arrested and uh, their families are going to be harassed, to say the least. In fact, their families could be arrested, too, because of this. And I guess when the uh, the Americans beat uh, the Iranian team, and this was over in Iran, and uh, I'm not sure how accurate this is because it is over in Iran, and I'm not sure what press access is. Um, but there was a fan that was so glad that the United States beat Iran. He was cheering out in public with others, and uh, a member of the Iranian guard shot and killed them. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty harsh. And 
like I said, we're, we're, we're pretty spoiled over here. And I know for Brittany Griner, it sucks being over in a Russian penal colony for, you know, for the reason why she's over there. But, I mean, this is also a woman that pretty much didn't appreciate the fact that she doesn't live in a country or didn't anyway where things like what happened in Iran happen. Um, so it's just kind of a stark reminder that uh, it's it's nice to live in a country where you can say what you feel. Now does that mean you can always say what you feel? Well, I mean, yeah, but you probably shouldn't. Um, especially if you're in a bad mood. And I think uh, this past Sunday, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens quarterback, talented dude, uh, he's, he's having kind of a weird year because, I mean, he is a great quarterback, but he doesn't have a new contract. Uh, there's a lot of uh, speculation as to whether he'll stay or go with the Ravens. Uh, they were up 19-10 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They ended up losing 2019, and for whatever reason, the Jags mascot was in a Speedo. It's Florida. Um, it's warm. It's also Florida, and stupid things happen. But the Ravens are so uneven as a team. You know, people go to Twitter, their fan base, you know, say what's wrong because we're all Monday morning quarterbacks, right? Especially two minutes after the game. And uh, one particular fan was talking about how the Ravens should just let him walk and, you know, spend the money to be a more well-rounded team on other things. Uh, did I mention he was in a bad mood? Because he was. And if that wasn't clear from me saying it, I will read to you what he tweeted at this fan who, um, who was criticizing Lamar Jackson. Boy, STFU, y'all be capping too much on this app. MF never smelt a football field, never did shit, but eat a D. D standing not for donuts, mind you. And I, I gotta clean that up a little bit. Well, I... Yeah, it was since deleted because, again, it kind of puts Lamar Jackson in a bad light. But I, I kind of get why he did it. Then again, you know, I'm a fan. I was just talking about how the Colts, you know, are, are a bad team. I wouldn't want uh, Michael Pittman or Matt Ryan or Jeff Saturday to go on Twitter and tell me to go eat a donut. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just not a good place, uh, even when you're in a good mood. So if you're in a bad mood, stay off it, basically. <laughs> uh, but I, I tell you what, it would be interesting if Fox looked at that tweet and said, you know what, let's not have Tom Brady come work for us because he's never going to retire. And when Lamar Jackson retires, we can just have him speak his mind. You know, that might mean putting the game on a five-minute delay, but whatever, we can do this. We can make it entertaining. Uh, by the way, uh, kudos to college football. Uh, the official announcement will probably may be made at the end of the week here, you know, to co coincide with all the uh, conference championship games going on. Uh, but I guess they kind of re reached an agreement uh, with the Rose Bowl to make a 12-team playoff system feasible by 2024. Tw 12 teams competing for a national championship so uh they'll probably play that now what president's day because you know the the it seems like the you know the nfl keeps getting later and later with their super bowl so now it's gonna be a little later uh because now you have 12 teams competing but yeah in reality it's still gonna be four maybe five because the the top tier of college football is um it's a little more defined than uh, the other rungs. 
it's not quite like college basketball where you have the field of 68, 69, whatever, and they play and you have your Cinderella's. You're not going to have too many Cinderella chances with college football. You're going to have your Alabama's. You're going to have your LSU's, your Georgia's, uh, your whatever, who's there, whoever's the top team that year. And um, there's that. But then again, it's kind of intriguing. Will you have a uh, national champion with two losses? I mean, the NFL, you can have a wild card win it with six or seven losses in the regular season. But uh, 12, 12 team playoff, I mean, this is going to be uh, the elite of the elite, I guess. And it, it'll be a lot better than the press voting for number one like they did in the olden days. All right. Real quick, real quick uh, for the kids, make sure you let them know Santa is coming to town this year, recession or no. And NORAD will track him once again. And they will get a good, clear lock on him Christmas Eve with their heat-seeking drones. And uh, I don't think any harm will come to that guy as long as Santa's not being a jerk like he is to his talking reindeer. You see, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, reindeer talking, that's not a problem. But when they have shiny noses, that's when everything sucks. Alright, hey, I got uh, my sisters and my brother-in-law coming up this weekend from Florida. We'll hang, we'll talk. I don't know if they're going to be hanging and talking for a podcast, but I'll let you know how that goes. And anything else that comes across my mind. Until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M. Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live. 